Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back, Bears fans, to the CCO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And what is going on, everybody? It is Friday. It is finally Friday, and we are here to kind of wrap up our week. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, how's it going, man? It's going good. Like you said, it's Friday, and I spoke to someone earlier today like, you know what? We made it. I'm like, to Friday? He's like, yes, to Friday. And I feel you over there. We, we, we made it. It is. Uh, it's been a long week. Kids started basketball. Baby's been doing some sleep regression. So I've been up every day at like two thirty-three in the morning, and that's been pretty much my schedule for the last three, four days in a row. And things just kind of get, you know, fuzzy. But tis be life, and here we go. I'm excited. We have a really good show here today, too, Nick. But it's good to be back with you to kind of, you know, wrap up this week on the Sea Show Bears podcast. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to, you know, have these throwbacks and end the week off right. All right. Well, hey, I'm just going to let everyone know what to kind of expect in today's episode. We have a lot going on, a lot to talk about today. We're going to look at Justin Fields making a ranking as one of the most valuable players, according to ESPN, the possibility of the Bears playing in Germany, the Bears searching for a new defensive coach, discuss and look into players that will be in the Senior Bowl. And of course, if you have any Bears questions, throw them in the chat. We would love to answer those at the end of the show. Unless you jump the line with a super chat, and then we would love to answer that as soon as possible here on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Will DeWitt. My L's are ones. And of course, at Nicholas Moriano. All right, Nick, to kind of kick things off, like I said, Justin Fields, he was ranked 77th on an ESPN Insider article of most valuable players in the league. Personally, this is like a one hand or the other kind of approach. On one hand, I'm excited. We're getting some recognition. We have some players that are becoming valuable and all the years of having like one or two players or none in the top 100 for the NFL top 100, having a guy in the ranking feels good. But on the other hand, 77th for Justin Fields, you're telling me there's 76 other players in the league that are more valuable than Justin Fields who put the team and his offense pretty much on his back all season long. I don't know about that. Yeah, and he's the last-ranked quarterback uh, on that list uh, that you mentioned there. From Seth Wilder, like you mentioned, ESPN Plus article. And it is, as he put it in, in the top of his article, it's a purely descriptive exercise. A lot of it represents – they are his opinions. But he is the last-ranked quarterback. There's only 14 that made it. But, Will, does it make you feel any better if I tell you that Aaron Rodgers 
Mac, notable quarterbacks, I guess, notable names. Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, and we all know the season that Russell Wilson had. Didn't make that list. Does that make you feel any better about where Justin Fields is in terms of the most valuable players in the entire league? See, I don't have insider, so thank you for giving me some of this insider information on the show and passing it along. It does make me feel better, but I'm still uncertain if there are 76 other people that are more valuable. Again, I think the word, the keyword being valuable is what kind of drives me like the wrong way here because I do believe he is one of the more, more valuable players in the entire NFL. But, and I, I don't know, it's not the end of the world. It's just someone's list at the end of the day. It doesn't like really affect me. It doesn't affect Justin, but that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And I think it's just, um, you know, obviously we we know as Bears fans how without Justin Fields, I wonder what this season would have been. The Bears won three games with him, right? And had you not had Justin Fields, this offense, especially during that stretch of late October, early November, man, if you didn't have a guy like that who was able to, you know, obviously do a lot of good things with his legs and keep the Bears in games, you would see how valuable he was, but 77, I think this is only a starting point, right? Obviously the rookie season to even start that year, but after having, you know, not a full season because he obviously missed some games, but this is, I hope just a starting point for where he can go next. The next quarterback that was ranked above him, Will, was Lamar Jackson. Uh, and he was at 67. So 10 spots higher than Justin Fields on that list. But I'm just hoping that this is just a starting point for Justin Fields and what he's capable of doing, growing on, these objective lists from, you know, uh, insiders and things like that. But hopefully by the end of 2023, we're like, okay, we know exactly where Justin Fields ranks and where he stands among the quarterbacks and best players in this league. And we have a very long off season. And once we rebuild this roster and kind of project where things are going, I, I can't wait to see when we go through like the exercise we did last summer, which was let's rank Justin Fields. A court, you know, to every other quarterback and every other team, and see, would you rather have that quarterback or Justin? And I last season, you know, it was like hit or miss. But I bet you this upcoming one, we would go towards Justin, gravitate towards him more so than others. So I do see a lot of chatter in the chat, which makes sense. That's where chatter happens in the chat <laughs> uh, about the Bears in Germany, and they weren't announced. Like they weren't officially announced as a team that's hosting like an international game. Uh, but they do play two of the teams that are hosting international games so that the Bears could technically go on the road, if I'm not mistaken, go on the road and still play overseas. They just want to be hosting the game as a home team. If I remember correctly, around this time last year, the Bears got media rights or marketing rights inside of Germany. The Chiefs had the mm -hmm. same exact thing. So I don't know if the NFL would bring both of them over there to play a game uh, on that neutral site with the Chiefs being the home team or if the Bears would have to go there to be the home team. This is still very new, and I think everyone's kind of figuring it out. But regardless, I know you put in like our notes, like would we want would we want to see the Bears play in Germany? Well, I would say yeah, just because uh, even if it takes away a home game, as much as I hate to take away home games, they have the rights over there. They are like the most recognizable franchise in the world. Like Bears fans go everywhere. Nick, we've been podcasting for seven years and we'll see listeners and almost like it feels like every continent besides like Antarctica, mm -hmm. there's a listener somewhere out there wanting to learn more uh, about the Bears. So getting them out there in an international stage makes a lot of sense. And it would always work for me. I don't know if this is the year for it. Uh, again, it will depend on how the NFL kind of plays that schedule out with some of those away, away games. And if they do 
technically travel for one of those. Uh, but at the end of the day, it wouldn't like upset me, uh, even if we had to forego a home game for Germany or another international game, just because I understand like what they mean to the NFL and how big the Bears are just like worldwide. Yeah, no, it would be, I think, a really cool experience. I know the last time the Bears played overseas, it didn't quite go in their favor against what was it, the Raiders? And just it was a Chase Daniel playing in that game didn't go in their favor. But I think the last time what it was London and you had I always see that Matt Forte run come up on social media where he's making two guys just run right into each other and, you know, just make them look silly out there. But look, I think it would be good to just continue growing the fan base, especially when you have such an exciting player like Justin Fields as well. Right. So I I think I'd be all for it um, in terms of just seeing the Bears play anywhere other than soldier field right now. And, you know, once they get their new stadium, I'm all for like the bears staying there and playing their stadium and, you know, having that home field advantage, but I don't see why um, it would be a cool experience. Like our CHGO bulls guys just went to Paris, right. To go cover the game against the Detroit Mm -hmm. Pistons. And they are having a grand old time meeting people out there. I think it would be a really cool opportunity, not only for the bears, but CHGO as well. And of course, Mahomes fields if that was the matchup I think that'd be a big one I, I do see uh, from Gary that said they said they're not traveling this year and if that's the case which way do I have to point it this way I don't remember seeing guy. that though. I don't like where, I don't recall yeah I don't remember seeing anywhere where they said they weren't traveling this year about international games um I don't know Gary but if you're saying they Braggs would get kicked out of Germany probably would Braggs would do something Maybe on the plane, and then we'll see. But he did go to the London game, though. I'm pretty pretty sure, if I'm not not mistaken, the one a couple years back. But it would be a fun time. I, I agree. Never been to Germany. I've only been same. I've been to London, but I was only in the airport for like five uh, hours. So did I actually go to London? Sie Deutsch, gentlemen. No. <laughs> no Deutsch. No. You ever been, Lawrence? Ever? Never been to Germany. I've been to London. Been to Paris. Not today. I'm not in Paris with uh, Peck recreating iconic photographs as I'm seeing in our Slack channels. It's very, very depressing that I'm not there right now, but uh, no, been to Italy. I have been to Italy. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's always a fun time. I got to get back to Europe. It's been what almost four or five years now and time goes by too fast. So thanks. I'm going to start looking at plane tickets uh, as soon as Nick starts talking <laughs> here in a few minutes. I'm good. Yeah, no, I mean, that does sound good. Um, I've never been, so I'm like, that's on the bucket list. So I, I got to get over there. Um, but everybody, you know, obviously we made it to Friday, right? And this weekend, there's going to be a slate of games that we all need to check out. And if you're watching the video, you see that DraftKings little logo up there? Well, the NFL playoff action continues, and we're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can just bet $5 and get 200 free bets instantly, plus all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. Like I said earlier in the week, I really like this Cowboys 49ers game going over 46 points. I think that's one that you can see yourself getting some money on if you put it in your stepped-up same-game parlay. And first, what you got to do, though, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 
See show notes for details. Eligibility. It has a lot of syllables squished into not a lot of vowels. I know. I know. It's like when you read it, I think if you read it slower, like if I read it slower, like, yeah, but eligibility. It's a, that's a fun one. (laughs) All right, real quickly about our friends over at Shady Rays. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They are premium polarized shades. They feature world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, which is lost and broken replacements. If you, if you lose your shades on day one, 10, 100, and doesn't matter they'll replace them if you end up breaking somehow these super durable shades same exact thing they would replace them no questions asked plus you know that i appreciate the good that they do here in america they provide 10 meals to fight hunger in america with every single order place and they have donated over 20 million meals to date so for our listeners shady rays is running their deepest deal of the season use code cco for 50 percent off two or more pairs at shadyrays.com that is buy one get one free you can get two pairs for as low as $54 <laughs> redeem only at shadyrays.com where you can find all of their newest and best shades. Mark Carmen awesome. is on Giphy with the shades. I love it. That is, that's cool. I like that. We should all just make, <laughs> make those in, you know, every time we have shady rays, we'll have someone pop up there. I mean, that's the thing. That's what we're doing. I, obviously it, it just kind of happened. Good job there, Lawrence. And, and I see, there you go. Thumbs up. The little diehard logo on the bottom left corner of our screen here. It's a great reminder. If you haven't yet, head over to allcshow.com slash diehard and just learn more about our diehard program and definitely sign up. We had a diehard happy hour the other night for our, the CHO Bears crew, Nick, myself, Greg, Mark. And of course, Adam was on there too with a bunch of our diehards. And those were just such fun, like intimate settings where we're all just kind of like talking and hanging out, answering questions. It's having a really good time. And there's a bunch of other perks like 20% off merch all the time and just so much more. Again, allcshow.com slash diehard. It gives you all the details. And I promise you becoming a diehard is like the best decision you can make if you are a Chicago sports fan. I'll just get to throw in there real quick that uh, we also just announced a, our, our next diehard takeover event. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blackhawks are going to face the Coyotes in a, another Bedard Bowl, in a tanking bowl. Um, and it is February 10th. And if you're a diehard, you'll get a, a pretty good deal. We'll, I think we go to the – there's the Goose Island Tap Room in the United Center. We'll start there. And then we'll, we'll all sit together in the same section. Uh, part of the deal is the tickets and all that. So uh, that's coming up soon. And also, they just dropped a pretty dope-looking crew neck. Oh, like the, like the, the vintage Bears one. They did the vintage Blackhawks. I got to get that. So be a diehard. That's awesome. Good time. Yeah, and of course, being a diehard, you get a discount on that package too because it's Correct. open to the public. You can all join, but as a diehard, you get a really good discount, and that makes that deal even better. Good call there, Lawrence. Really appreciate it. All right, Nick, I want to move on to some, why not? Ian Cunningham talk. I think this would be a great yeah. place to kind of take our conversation uh, because this time last week, we we're talking about the potential, like, I guess, like the reality that the Bears could have lost Ian Cunningham this offseason right away. And you and I both said, like, that would really suck because we like mm-hmm. his relationship with Ryan Poles. He's very important to this Bears front office. And if they can just keep him around at least one more year, that should really help the Bears. I think hit the home run that they are hoping to, and that we would really like them to see hit this off season. But he got an offer from Arizona for the GM job 
And he said, according to Jay Glazer, nah, I, I'm not going to go there. That's, I don't know if it was a deal specific or it just wasn't the right fit for him. We don't have those kind of details. But regardless, it looks like Ian Cunningham is staying place, will be put here in Chicago for another year at least. He's still a very fast riser in this league. You just know he's going to get one of those promotions here mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. But I personally am elated that Ian Cunningham appears to be staying in Chicago for one more year. You know, it's definitely good for the Bears, Will. Now Ryan Poles has another guy to just bounce ideas off of with this very important NFL draft that's coming up in April, right? And these free agents, he has Ian Cunningham to kind of just, again, talk through things, to get another perspective, especially given that he was just with, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles. It is interesting, though, Will, that he didn't – he turned down, according to reports, Jay Glazer, they turned down the position because there's 32 of them. There was one that was available, and – you know, I remember we going back to 2018, Will. We were doing this, Chicago Audible. We had a, a similar discussion about Vic Fangio and, like, whether or not he would stay to be a defensive coordinator with the Bears and what that defense was doing mm-hmm. or go take the head coaching role. And I remember at the time I was like, there's no way he's going to go be a head coach, he, you know, to build up this defense and, you know, kind of continue what had already started. But now when you think about it, it's a head coaching position or it's a GM position. It's like – those don't come around super often, even though coaches are fired, you know, depending on how the season right. goes and things like that. But it is another opportunity for the individual to take that next step in their own personal career. So it, it was interesting that Ian Cunningham, again, could be that the situation the Cardinals are in. You don't know what Kyler Murray is going to be like next season. You're reportedly going to trade or move on from DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt is gone. There's a lot of things that's going on mm-hmm. with the Cardinals. But when I heard that, I'm like, interesting but good now the bears too if he stays the entire season the bears will get two third round compensatory picks after um the 2023 season so you get one in 2024 and 2025 which obviously helps the bears in the long run so you were able to whip out compensatory i guess one of those words i still struggle with yeah, I could see, like personally like, i was like i wouldn't like you're gearing up for it I'm like okay let's see if nick has it and of course you did, but that's one that I typically stumble on. But the picks are great, and I they're going to help this team in the future. There's no doubt about it. And I think that'd be a, an amazing parting gift. Like, hey, you get mm-hmm. to move on to your next venture, grow in this league. Congratulations. Good luck. Thank you for everything. And then as he's walking out the door, it's like, you know, oh, by the way, here are a couple extra third-round picks for you, Poles. And, I mean, that will help lessen the blow. Uh, but I still think just in addition to having those picks whenever they come our way, it really just will help the Bears from an organizational standpoint as they're still kind of changing things up with Kevin Warren coming in. And I know mm-hmm. they're like on separate sides of the business. I think just keeping Cunningham around with polls, them working together, kind of finishing what you know they started around a year ago when Cunningham got hired to come over here to the Bears, I really think will have a long-term impact on the trajectory of this team, and I just envision it being a positive one. Yeah, the Bears have some good people in the higher-ups in this organization, and I don't know how often we could have said that prior to the current group that's here, and there's still a lot that needs to be done by them, right? So, I mean, obviously it's a year under the belts, the Bears won three games, but I think the people that they have there, they they have credibility. Like Kevin Warren has credibility what he did with U.S. Bank Stadium. Ian Cunningham has credibility what he did with the Eagles. And obviously Ryan Poles mm-hmm. with the Chiefs. So there's a lot of guys that have done good things in this league. And it's going to take time for hopefully those good things to transpire here in Chicago. But 
I do feel confidently that they can get that done. I do feel better that those three are going to have this 2023 season to kind of just blossom and grow off from what happened last year. And if the Bears take a monumental, heck, any leap feels monumental when you're holding on to the first <laughs> overall pick. But if you can just take one of those big steps forward and the entire league can notice that the Bears are, they don't need to be quote back, but they're on the right path and they're mm -hmm. really like a team on the rise. I think Ian Cunningham specifically, the demand for him is going to be even higher than it has been over the last couple of years. Like that stock is just going to continue uh, continuously rise uh, if the Bears go down the path that we're all hoping they do. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, he's had what the past couple of years, like he's been a finalist for some of these GM jobs. So it's inevitable. Ian Cunningham's not going to be with the Bears too much longer. It honestly could be after the 2023 season, but hey, get the most you can out of him now, get that good experience. And then when he gets that GM job, like you said, we'll get some hopefully compensatory picks afterwards. Anything else on Ian Cunningham, this situation before we move on, Nick? No, no. I, I'm glad that we talked about it because I know it happened a little earlier in the week, but like, like we've been kind of talking about here, it's a big move that he's back with the bears just to keep that continuity. What he means to his organization. All right, let's move on to some more personnel sort of, I guess, news and just developments that are kind of happening right now. So it does look like the bears are searching and requesting, and they're just preparing to interview some defensive candidates for coaching, probably to replace James Rowe, uh, who was the bears DBs coach last season, but he went to USF to become their pass game coordinator. They're sorry, their defensive pass game coordinator. Those are two mm -hmm. different jobs should probably specify. And now with the interview requests, I believe both these guys that we're going to talk about each team can block the requests uh, if it is a lateral move and mm -hmm. unless it's a promotion. So it's, I know the bears are saying it's like, or the reports are saying it's an undefined defensive position. So maybe it's like defensive backs coach slash extra responsibility. And then you can classify it as a promotion. That would be a creative way to go about it. Uh, but so far there are two different reports out uh, right now that they're set or requesting to interview Jerry Gray, who is the Packers defensive pass game coordinator slash DBs coach. Uh, and that came from Jonathan Jones. And then uh, of course, when it may be my favorite and I have some bias here, but Chris Harris, who was Washington's DBs coach and just a former bear. And one of my favorites uh, as a kid, I remember his chin tape uh, that he would always mm -hmm. wear. Uh, I remember the interception that he had on Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. He played his tenure here in Chicago. Uh, and then after the fact, I think he went to a couple other teams, uh, Detroit, Jacksonville. And then he's like, all right, I'm done playing. I want to coach. And he immediately came back to the Bears. It was a quality assistant control guy, guy here for a couple of years. Uh, then after that, he went to the Chargers to be their assistant DBs coach for a few years. And then he went to Washington under Ron Rivera to just be their DBs coach. And then this year in Washington, he's been lauded for developing Benjamin St. Juiced, uh, Derek Forrest. Uh, and they allow the fourth fewest yards through the air this season, Washington did. And then if you just want to look at Jerry Gray real quick, former NFL player, he's been coaching in the NFL since the 90s. Uh, he's been in the NFC North for about a decade or so now, mm -hmm. uh, Minnesota, and then Green Bay. He's developed and coached up Harrison Smith, Xavier Rose, Jair Alexander. And this season, Green Bay's sixth fewest passing yards through the air, 14th lowest pass rating, and tied for fifth in interceptions. Uh, so, we, And I know the Bears' secondary, Nick, is like the strength uh, of the mm -hmm. unit so far. So it's not that like this job is, isn't important. I think if you can have an 
the right guy step in, you can take that potential that we saw from a lot of the young players and just even untap it even more. Yeah, and credit to James Rowe, what he was able to do with this group uh, with his first year with this Bears organization and seeing a lot of young guys kind of have some big moments throughout the season. And the secondary was easily the best unit on this Bears defense. There's no doubt about that. No questions asked. But it is an important role, uh, especially because you want to see these guys continue to develop in the right way. And you mentioned some of the players that both these candidates have worked with and what they're able to do. I would say, you know, the biggest difference in like Washington compared to the Bears right now, you know, they have a pass rush that can definitely help out that secondary. That does help. So, so um, like a guy like Chris Harris coming in is like, okay, we can coach you up, but we still need to have, you know, some other guys to help the secondary out itself. And then I know with Chris Harris too, Brad Biggs reported this, um, his contract is up with the commanders. Oh, that helps. So he's going to be a coaching free agent. So that does help with the connection. I, again, he knows his Tampa two defense. He knows exactly how to run it. He did run it. I still don't know why they traded Chris Harris, you know, after his rookie seat that blows my mind that they did that, but it would be a nice like reunion, especially for a guy that is familiar with the system, knows how to run it and can still teach it hopefully effectively because he's had some years of coaching. Wasn't his first year as like a coaching assistant under Mark Trussman, if I'm not mistaken, that would be 2013, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Unless he quit have, or retired halfway through 2012. After So he retired after 2012. So after then it two, would be 13. Wow, Interesting. What a, what a defense to be a part of. <laughs> Mel Tucker. Yeah, thanks. He survived yeah. that, though. He survived he that, and his coaching career has continued on. So I think that's that's important to note. Yeah, no, that gives him that gives some props. Hey, you made it through that. You you went on and went on to some other teams and were able to do what you're able to do now. But uh yeah, the Bears do need to get a qual again, the Bears do need to get a qualified guy. And it'll be interesting if like you said, they add maybe the another title to it, but the free being Chris uh, Chris Harris being a free agent, that helps again the um Jerry Gray. We'll have to mm -hmm. see how that if what if he would definitely need a, a title added to you know defensive backs coach to actually uh for the Packers and not like deny the the request and it makes a lot of sense if Chris Harris ends up being the guy because he started in Chicago and then like you said they moved on from him pretty quickly uh which still kind of frustrating goes to Carolina but then he came back to Chicago towards mm -hmm. the end of his career as a player so maybe the parallel here between a coaching career and a playing career for Chris Harris and one thing I remember about him is like a really good tackler, never shy of like you know going down in the box, always coming up with big impact plays, whether it be force fumbles, interceptions, making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Like he was a player that was effective on multiple levels. And this was a defense that we all were kind of questioning their effort with some tackling. And of course, the front seven didn't help uh, the secondary by any means, but he does seem like a really good fit. And Kevin Warren, when he came in, talked about connecting with the alumni and Chris Harris is part of the True. alumni and bringing some of those connections back. Uh, so that could just be a, an extra wrinkle just to kind of keep an eye on. But regardless, the Bears are looking to add to their defensive coaching staff, which after losing Rome makes a lot of sense. And we'll kind of see how it all kind of unfolds. But regardless, it doesn't matter who becomes this coach. There's still a lot of work to be done from a, like a player personnel standpoint in this defense, too. Yeah, and uh, Gary wrote in the comments here if uh, Chris Harris can bring you know Deron Payne somehow, like, hey, come on with me. I think the Bears fitting, will take. Is he fitting like a walk on? Can we do that? Yeah, <laughs> we'll take him. Uh, the Bears will gladly take him. 
um, especially because they, you know, have no pass rush right now. But yeah, I think again, it's um, I don't know if I have a preference. I, I think I'm leaning towards Chris Harris because of obviously the Bears connection. I actually, I think I was going maybe to Indianapolis for the combine one year, Will, and my dad was with me just at O'Hare. And he's like, is that Desmond? I think he thought it was Desmond Clark. I'm like, no, 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 no. Desmond Clark's a big dude. And then I looked at him I'm like from a distance. Hey, that's Chris Harris. Let me go talk to him real quick. I'm like, hey, what's going on, Chris? He's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And like no one was bothering him. It was just me just kind of bothering him real quick. But yeah, so, you know, there's a connection there. We'll, we'll bring him back and he'll be the DB's coach for the Bears. That sounds really good. All right, so we're going to do some Senior Bowl scouting uh, coming up here in just a moment. But before we do, I want to share a message from our brand new partners over there at Goose Island Beer Company. Because Honk! CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. I mean, just looking at their beer roster, like I'm getting thirsty. You have the Blackhawks Pale Ale, the Hawk. Uh, you have the Bull City 312, which is an, another limited release, the Bourbon County Stout, the Christmas IPA, the Bear Hug IPA series, the Green Line, Matilda. Man, like I know when I was at the Colts game, I was having some Goose Island, and I was all about the IPA that afternoon, and it's just so delicious. Plus, Goose Island's two local locations are open and ready to welcome you. Grab a beer right now from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton, or get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clyburn Brew House at 1800 North Clyburn. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island Beer Company. What do you have there, Nick? So Stephanie, my girlfriend, came came home yesterday from her work, and it's like a Goose Island. It's got everything you need to know about Goose Island. You can make recipes. It's got like the history, like a bunch of stuff. We have to definitely check into this and see what it's all about. Now that we are partnered with Goose Island, but there's a lot of cool stuff in here. So maybe I'll just provide updates throughout the the year on what I learned about Goose Island, how amazing it is. So I thought that was very convenient that you know Stephanie came home with that. I'm like, oh great, cool. There you go. Goose Island. Love it. <laughs> Lawrence is gonna have too much fun with that. Definitely. Uh actually, Lawrence, I'm gonna depend on you for this next ad read. So you better be ready. Oh yeah. Awesome. Got to tell everybody about ComEd. The energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills. Now and into the future, ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. And customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, Learn about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, which is really cool, and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting, and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy. To start a project, contact us at one 855 433 Two seven zero zero. For more information, email business <laughs> at comed.com or public sector <laughs> at comed.com. Wonderful. Good work there, everybody involved. Nick, you brought up that book and it reminded me, are you cooking yet? How's that been going? Uh, you know, here and there, right here. Like there's a lot of chicken, <laughs> chicken and rice. Uh, 
Uh, pasta. Pasta is a good one. You know, yeah. easy. Um, I haven't really explored all too much. Will like, I'm going to be completely honest. I, that's what this book, this book came at the right time. It's the start of the new year. Still, there's a bunch of recipes in here. We're going to get creative, but what, what's your favorite dish? Like it's, it's, it's effective. It's tastes good. It's easy to make. You just like it. Everyone likes it. What's your favorite? Oh, there's a chicken ro broccoli rice, like one skillet recipe that's been in mm. like our weekly rotation where you just cube up some chicken and then you cook it in a skillet. You throw in some uh, chicken broth and some rice. You let it cook down and then you would throw like a bunch of cheese and some broccoli at the end. Oh, easy done. And everyone loves it. Okay. Putting that in the, the repertoire, the list. What about you, Lawrence? I know you're back there. What's what's one of your go-to dishes? Oh, hi. Oh, Justin. I don't want to eat Justin's thumb. Talk mm. about food. Um, so what do I cook? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. What do you cook and what do you like to cook? Well, I mean, I've got a good uh, I got a good sauce and some meatballs that I make. Um, uh, you know, I'll throw it. I'll do a pulled pork. That's easy, though. You just throw it oh, in the yeah. crock pot. Slow cooker, yeah. And uh, chili's a, a go-to for me. But uh, otherwise, the wife's cooking things. So, yeah. okay. I am the cook in the house. So it's mm. uh, it's an everyday occurrence. I, I've worked with the wife on cooking. We've gotten to ramen noodles from the package, is as far as I've gotten in about yeah, sure. what year is this? Eleven years now. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. But it's okay. I love to do it. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. But also, it does become a job. Uh, it, oh yeah, it's point. definitely. It's not. And then like the dishes. The damn dishes. Ah, damn dishes, yeah. <laughs> Never ending. See, that's Nick, who you can tell just kind of moved down his own. Like, you brought up dishes, and he's like, no, not the We dishes. have a dishwasher, but it's like, you know, it's going to get done quicker if you do it yourself. And it's just like, all right. So yeah, I, I, I do think it. I'm making a cooking TikTok go here soon. Just, here's the idea. You tell me what you think, because I tried something, and it surprised me. That chat GPT, I asked it to invent me a recipe, and I made it. And it worked. And it's what? not anywhere else in the world. It was a <laughs> caramelized onions, bacon, mac, and cheese. Sure. Ooh, it was sounds, really good. And I looked up, could right. not find that recipe anywhere else, exactly how it was laid out. So maybe a TikTok trying recipes or cooking recipes that the chatbot AI makes. Uh, Do yeah. it. I'm, I'm tuned in. I will watch. I will be one of those. Uh, I'll reshare it. Um, we... Uh, we had a, a nice little experiment with TikTok yesterday. It was uh, it was good. I learned. I, I can't say it. I'm not allowed to say anything. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this draft coming up because last week we looked at the Shrine Bowl game and we shared some prospects. And I was very upfront and said, outside of the guy that you had, the which was what Zay Zay Flowers. Yes, I was going to say Zay Jones, but I was like, no, it's Flowers. I don't know why. I... Both receivers. I know. I, that's what I was getting my uh, me a little screw. It's that 3 a.m. wake-up call. It, it really gets to you after a few days. But after Flowers, like it all just fell apart. And so I was very elated <laughs> when I, we were going through the notes, and you're like, hey, let's just talk about the actual Reese Senior Bowl players coming up because that's a roster that I think we can look into for a couple of weeks here and really just get a lot out of like just researching these guys before that week. And of course, also before the combine next month. And the reason why I think this is really smart and that we should take some time every week to talk about this and maybe bring up more than one player as we kind of get a little closer. But 
obviously Ryan Poles likes the senior bowl. There are a lot of bears that came last year who participated in that event. Jatir Carter, Dom Robb, Sterling Weatherford, Bayless Jones Jr., and Braxton Jones were all part of the Reese Senior Bowl activities week a year ago. So obviously they're going to be keeping their eye on it. Plus, Luke Getz, he's going to be there as a head coach for a team. So he's going to get some hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great opportunity for the Bears and leaning on Getzy. And I know I've even seen him getting some crap here in the chat, which I understand things didn't go great, but look at the talent and also, you know, the tank was on. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. The tank was on. And I'm not <laughs> insinuating anything. I'm saying personally, what were you trying to do at the end? That's all I'm going to say. But there are a lot of players here to talk. Uh, I know you went defense, I went offense, which is cool too. We get to talk about both sides uh, of the ball here. Do you want to begin first with your prospect of the week to kind of look at too? Yeah. So one of the guys that I'm you know, going to really be paying attention to is a guy named Keon White. He started off his college career at Old Dominion for three years. He didn't play in 2020 due to an ankle injury, but finished his, his uh, collegiate career at Georgia Tech in 2022. Played in 12 games, 54 total tackles, 14 for loss, seven and a half sacks, and one pass defense. And he was also going into this 2022 season. He was on the athletics, the annual like freaks list. So you're just seeing all these guys that are bigger, stronger, faster than you can ever imagine. And real quickly, like this guy was 265 back in 2019. Okay. In 2022. He's now 64290 and can hit 21 miles per hour. Like oh my god. That is that's unheard of for a defensive lineman at almost 300 pounds he's doing that. So and he also has a vertical jump of 32 inches and can do 38 reps of 225. Insane, but when I was watching the film on him and if you really want to see like the peak where where he was awesome Put on Georgia Tech versus North Carolina. There's a nice like YouTube video where it has it clipped out, has a, you know everything marked out where he's at. Dude was dominating. And what's nice to see about him, Keon White, he can bounce over to the left side, inside. They had him go on the inside, kind of looping and stunning with some of the defensive ends. But he's a guy that's very versatile. And there was a play where I don't know if he didn't realize that the running back didn't have the ball because he got blocked. He got chipped by one guy. Then he sees the running back coming out of the backfield and the quarterback is on a design run, but he just straight up slams the running back. Like he, like he's in wrestling thinking, I think he thought that the ball was in his hand, but the guy is physical, a little raw. I, I would say plays a little bit high with his pad level, but if you're looking for a smart player, who does create some pop like that guy is going to be fun to watch at the senior bowl. And like you mentioned, Ryan Poles and the staff, they did their homework there. Khalil Herbert was also a senior bowl guy the year before. So the bears collectively look at some of these guys and knowing that you can get some really productive players. So uh, I think that, you know, he would be a great guy if he can raise his stock of the bears. I don't know, somehow don't get like a, you know, some of these defensive players in that first round, who knows? Like there are these little gems that can be out there for you that can definitely help and impact the football team. So I just want to make sure that wasn't a typo. You said 21 miles per hour. 21. And yeah, 21. Just for context, when you look at like the top 20 fastest speeds in the NFL last year, 
Uh, Paris Campbell was a top at 22 miles per hour, which happened in that regular season finale. Kenneth Walker also had a 22 mile per hour run. And then everyone else, number two through 20, were in the 21 miles per hour, like realm. And that's you're talking about Brees Hall, Deshaun Jackson, Christian Watson, Jalen Waddle, Dalvin Cook, Devin Duvernay, Tariq Woolen, uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, when, by the way, he was in Pittsburgh when he had that run, uh, by the way. Saquon <laughs> Barkley, Hines, Rager, McLaurin. Those are the 21-mile-per-hour people, ball carriers, last year. And you're telling me there's a guy 300 pounds that can chase him down? Dude, like, Jesse Fields is probably going to look – the Bears are drafting like – Dude, are you faster than me? Like it's he's up there and he's <laughs> yeah. and he's two six four two ninety. But I'm reading this right. Have the you know college football freaks list 2022. White has hit 21 miles per hour despite being almost 300 pounds. I want to see that guy run. I just want to see him run. Don't I don't even care what else he does. Let me see him. Let me see that happen. When you were looking at him, though, did he fit like what you would envision being like that, that three tech guy, or would he just be like a uh, he's the other an, side? He's an end. He's end? an end. Oh, so he's an end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of his film, like he did sometimes go in inside and play that three tech and, you know, at the five at time, but he, he was mostly on the end. And like you had to kind of track him because he was going up against the right tackle, the left tackle. So I'm like, okay, this makes it versatile because right now, Will. I mean, both ends are not staples for the Bears, no, Bears no, defense, no. so you can use anybody. But yeah, he was he was definitely playing the end a lot, and it'll be I'll be curious to see exactly how they would use him in the Senior Bowl if he's on Getzy's staff or whoever it may be. But yeah, versatile guy, smart. When they would throw out a screen pass, like he was diagnosing right. it, and he was like just being able to not get confused with any of the eye candy you'll see with the motion and things, and go right out there and make a tackle. So. Keon White, Georgia Tech, look him up. I think this is, again, he's a freak of nature. Yeah. Real quick, uh, if you haven't yet, and you have like a Bears question or that you want Nick and I to answer at the end of the show, we'd love to you to throw in the chat. Lawrence, uh, besides practicing his EEs uh, behind the scenes here, we'll definitely start those up so we can cue them uh, at the end of the episode. But you mentioned it, Nick. Like if he is an end and he has that kind of speed, not only can he like, Hopefully you leverage that to get into the backfield and make his presence felt like disrupting the pocket, but screens, extension of the running game, mm-hmm. mobile quarterbacks, like he should be able to you know go with them as they stretch that field horizontally. Uh, and so that's actually like a very exciting prospect to kind of keep on. And of course, uh, with intangibles like that, you know, the bears aren't going to be the only team looking into uh, bringing him on their squad because that. Those are things you can't coach, uh, like no. plain and simple. Like you really can't, and that has a lot of value uh, to kind of have. So that's a, I think it's a great player to kind of highlight here. I'll uh, go on offense. We're looking at wide receiver, and I want to mention like uh, Rasheed Rice uh, out of SMU. I really like him uh, so far from what I've seen. He's six two, about two o three. And he's just been a great player for the Mustangs throughout his entire collegiate career. He's led the team in receptions every year after his freshman season. So as a sophomore, he led the team. Junior, and even this year uh, as a senior, he led the nation this year 112.9 yards per game. He was third in the country with 1,355 receiving yards on the year. And he had the fifth most catches in the entire country at 96. So he has the size, right? 6'2", 203. He has production. Uh, but he also has some physicality, plenty of ability to go up and make those contested catches, fighting through contact. 
He can be a threat, uh, you know, the short, intermediate, and the deep passing game. Uh, and then he also just has, like, crazy athleticism, very explosive player. Uh, I'm ex- we don't have any miles per hour on him, Nick, but I can't wait <laughs> to see kind of how he stacks up and, and measures at the combine, uh, at the pro days. He's a, right now like a round two kind of player. And obviously the Bears, we all been saying it, you need like a bona fide wide receiver one. But the only question I have about Rice is like, can he be that that guy or is he just like a super high upside like two uh, in the NFL? And that's my big question right now. But as I keep thinking about it, like would that even matter by the time we get to the draft? Like number one, Paul said he likes to have a bunch of guys with different skill sets. Number two, maybe the Bears trade uh, as we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks for one of these guys around the league and a new one comes in that you have. So even if that's the case, you can have Rice come in he can be a wide receiver three out of the gate. He can push for wide receiver two duties, which uh, I love Darnell Mooney as much as the next guy, but having someone in that just can challenge every single person on the depth chart would be a great situation for the Bears to have because we have Mooney, Claypool, Bayless, EQ, potentially even another receiver by the time we get to the draft. Well, definitely another receiver by the time we get to the draft. I mean like a top wide receiver by the time we get to the draft. But still, like you need to have a room that's challenging one another, not just status quo, not just like, yeah, yeah, we have an okay group of guys. Let's just move forward with it. I want someone who can go in there and literally shake things up, make people have to fight for playing time because that player is so good. And the Bears, again, they need more than bodies at the wide receiver position. They need this true competition. And Rice, if he's there in the second round and the Bears end up wanting to go that direction, I don't think I would be upset. He's not a one-trick pony. He can get you yards after the catch. He can be that deep ball receiver. He can win some routes in the intermediate area of the field. And we know Justin loves to throw it 10-plus yards down the, down the field. So he can be a really good threat here in this offense. But that's just a little bit about Rashi Rice right now. Yeah, 6'2", 203, Will. I mean, ESPN top 100, number 70. Um, PFF, the athletic midseason All-American second team. There's a bunch of accolades that come with with Rice, too, which is obviously good. He's had He's been very productive. And that size is intriguing as well. Like, the Bears do have a, you know, with Claypool, Equinemius St. Brown. We'll see if they keep Nikhil Harry. Um, adding another big body receiver that is versatile, I think, also helps what Justin Fields wants to do in terms of just throwing that deep ball as well. It gives him a little bit more area to work with than you mm-hmm. would if you're throwing to a Darnell Mooney, who does show that he can go up and he'll get the ball at times. But, yeah, I think, man, the Bears, honestly, going into the Senior Bowl, and they have such a great opportunity with Getsy being, the, you know, the head coach for one of the teams. Like, you get to know these players a little bit more on, on a, a more personal level. I know the last time the Bears had that opportunity to do so, you know, with, with John Fox and their – coaching staff they're like nah cooper cups he ain't good larry ogajobi was also in that senior bowl too like nah well i think they ended up taking what james morgan the offensive lineman so they came <laughs> away uh impressed by him and not you know some of the other guys that ended up playing in that that Reese senior bowl but yeah i think it's a good opportunity for not only to see and evaluate some of these players that will be in the nfl but to just work with younger guys see what coaching tactics work can you bring anything over for the 2023 season. Cause I know that was a big thing that Eberflus talked about at his end of the year press conference. He wanted the players to get feedback on whatever it may have been. And it could be coaching tips. So for a guy like Luke Getze, who's still obviously learning as an offense coordinator, if he can get these guys to again, learn quickly, learn these concepts, right? You have a week to learn and go play a game. Like 
that's how you know you're, you're doing a good job as a coach. You're doing an effective job. So if they, you know, find a value and want to, you know, see rice up close, they, they'll have that opportunity. But yeah, the two guys we mentioned only the start of our list that, like you said, I think definitely are going to be a staple moving forward as we continue going into this off season. Yes. And starting next week on all I'm going to start dropping some, you know, little scouting reports to some player, I guess, mm-hmm bios not really a bio but just like this is the player before the game what's this is what they're good at let's see how they go and then after the senior bowl after the combine of course we'll get even more in depth as we get closer to the draft and i think when that's when lines start to get drawn of like where you know like okay here's the tier one guys two so yeah. on and so forth right now it's depending on where you look the lists go completely different and there's not a lot of overall consensus but yeah i like the size as you mentioned because you you talked about the bears do have size at the position but the question that I have, or I guess the concern that I have would be, even though they have size, like Claypool didn't show you that jump ball winning ability. We, we all know EQ doesn't really possess that skill set, so I'm not going to knock him for it. I just know it's not part of his repertoire per se. And Nikhil Harry had the one or maybe two good catches on the year, mm-hmm. but outside of that too, like, mm. so you had size, but you're not winning with size or using the size to your best advantage by going up and getting the football with rice having that ability on top of the size is a good complement to one another that would add something different uh, to this bears wide receiver room just play to your size damn it that's embarrassing <laughs> to start doing that like you're a big body dude go use it like th- we don't have that we don't possess that go use that that, go that body frame use it no it's yeah i think that was the most frustrating thing for me watching claypool last year and i'm still very much mm-hmm. like give him the offseason kind of yeah. guy uh, but that was something that i was really hoping would be able to make some of those sorts of plays. Like we need to be able to do that next season without question. All right. So we definitely have a handful of questions here. Speaking of that, uh, that we can def- uh, get to, to kind of wrap up today's show. Uh, I'm just going to go in order here on the screen. So the first one I see from Gary is, do you anticipate any more coaching turnover uh, other than Overstreet? And of course we talked about uh, the bears losing their DBs coach here earlier too. I don't really expect a lot of coaching turnover personally. Like I feel like, the Bears, with the record that they had, you can make an argument that you should maybe move on to some of these, but also with Ryan Poles not really a, being super aggressive last offseason, and we all know there's a lack of talent. I'm not all too certain uh, that they're going to hold the coaches. I'll use the word accountable, but I don't think they're going to be like, it was 100% on the coaching. And uh, outside of that, like how many Bears coaches are going to get, you know, promotions to maybe go like down to college or across the league? Not not many. So I expect it to be status quo, which to me is a relative good thing. If you're talking about building a solid foundation from last season and carrying it over, having a you know an overhaul on the coaching staff, I think would kind of diminish that a bit. Uh, and you need to trust these guys to continue just developing and being able to do a good job with a stronger, you know, another strong draft class plus uh, what we're expecting and envisioning to be a much better for agency class compared to last year yeah and like with james Rowe, who so overstreet real quick gary he's still on on the staff there um as the assistant defensive backs coach but james Rowe, it was like a unique opportunity right to go coach your at your alma mater so unless some of those positions start coming up for some of these coaches i don't think there's going to be too much turnover as to what's going to happen here and i think you know even eberflus was kind of he didn't avoid the question, but he kind of did when he was asked, like, do you expect coaching turnover? He didn't really go in depth about it, but if this is the one that we know about right now, but as yeah, moving forward, I think we're going to see the same core guys return in their respective positions. 
How about this from Nagy? I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but it may be good to just double down on it. So seeing what you know, Dable has done with Daniel Jones and the Giants, did the Bears hire the wrong head coach? And I love the irony uh, of who's asking the question uh, here too, with uh, you know Matt Nagy in the chat. It's a good question. Look, I and you know, kudos to you, Matt Nagy. I wonder if you're going to get the job in Tennessee. But um, I think. It's still too, it, look, I'm going to say it, it's still too early to tell, but I do, like I said, I really do like what Brian Dable's doing. And this, I think that Giants-Eagles game should be a lot of fun. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. And, you know, I'm still leaning towards the Eagles, but how they're able to get that offense moving, despite not having a lot of weapons other than Saquon, that's, their Dable's coaching his ass off right now. So that's that's awesome to see. And obviously being a first-year coach, just like Eberflus, but, we have to wait a little bit there, Nagy, to kind of get to answer your question there. All right. <laughs> yeah, time will tell, but I think how I look at it right now, I think Dable was a really good fit for for the Giants in the situation uh, that they had, and then Eberflus came into an entirely different situation. The roster was not nearly as competitive uh, as the Giants were in terms of like some talent and other some deficiencies, but we can all agree that the Bears had more talent deficiencies you know, this season for sure. And, and again, I, we can hammer home culture and building a foundation and making sure it's a strong one and building championship habits and all the other coach speak that has kind of came our way this season. But I do buy into it to a degree of like, okay, the culture under Nagy in the last year was, was not good. Morale was very low. That had to be turned mm-hmm. around. And Eberflus, I mean, he won over guys like Eddie Jackson. Uh, and you saw a good resurgence out of him this season. He got that Ball Hawk Award, which is fun that mm-hmm. they actually brought that over. Because I remember you were asking about that a year ago. Like, hey, is that something that you think, you know, they'll carry over from Indy? And here it is. So that, that was a lot of fun, too. But as of right now, it's hard to tell. But there's no denying Dable's success. success. And again, he was on top of like our list last year, too. Yeah, he, he definitely was. So if they would have made that hire, we would have been all for it. But. Obviously, the Bears went with the defensive coach. All right. What about from uh, Chris G? If you can draft one wide receiver, what kind of trait would be the most important? For him, it's a separator. And I I think gaining separation is a very excellent trait to point out there because if that's one thing about Justin right now, too, as he's growing as a passer, is recognizing NFL open and and being a little Mm -hmm. bit more, you know, I guess having the conviction to make those throws. And we saw that towards the end of last season. Like that was coming into place. But of course, being open for your QB is a very uh, it's a very good thing to be able to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, look, I can say speed, like you said, separator. I'm going to say reliable, and that comes with, like, having sure hands because I think there were so many times where there was some separation. There was an opportunity to make a, you know, a pass into a tight window, but I, I, I look at, like, a Dante Pettis, and I know, like, the expectations – weren't going to be over through the roof, but there were just some third downs where you want to have a reliable pass catcher in those situations, especially on, on a down where you need to have somebody catch the ball cleanly. Like remember Darnell Mooney at the goal line against the commanders where he kind of bobbles it. And then the bears aren't able to get that touchdown there, but sure handed would probably be like the, the trait that I want to look for a guy that just, snags football doesn't even need to have two hands and make the catch happen but knowing that when justin fields has to make a throw especially on like i said those money downs third down at the goal line that his receiver is going to come down with the possession cleanly 
that's that's what I'm really going to focus on from these wide receivers. So just seeing that, you know, the combine senior bowl, like how they're catching the ball, that's going to be big for me. The gauntlet. The gauntlet, yes. <laughs> Love me some gauntlet. Do you like me some gauntlet bloopers too? Uh, but that's, that's besides oh. the point. All right. Those, those can be kind of funny. Uh, but uh, other than that, in terms of like just skill set, uh, I'm looking for yards after the catch, uh, that ability. Ooh, I, I think that's been talked about a ton uh, over the last tenure uh, with Ryan Poles, like wanting guys that can make plays with the football in their hands. Uh, last year, if you're looking at the Bears uh, leaders in yards after the catch, you had Cole Komet at number one at 293, David Montgomery at number two at 288. Darnell Mooney came in at third at 170. And again, Mooney had 170, uh, and I was on his 40 catches, and he pretty much missed like the whole second half of the season. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's just a huge drop-off. You go from 170, so that's the leading receiver technically, right? We're talking about wide receivers at 170. Next is EQ at 98. Then it's Dante Pettis at 62, Claypool at 44, Bayless Jones at 42, and Nikhil Harry at 16, Byron Pringle. It It just goes down real like it's just like drop off a cliff and you know what will like you said the dante pettis i think it was about what 62 you said wasn't yes. it like a a large portion of that in the very first game against san francisco when just fields rolling left and he mm-hmm. throws it all the way yeah, that, right that was to a big pettis? one yeah so that oh my goodness yeah there's there is a huge need for yards after the catch opportunities and players that can create their own opportunities in yes. that specific category Right. Ooh. It's I mean, when you want to play off football and again, when we cover the Bears, we we watch the Bears, <laughs> we, we scout the opponent and we, we watch the Bears again. And it just becomes a vicious cycle for 17 weeks, 18 weeks. And then you watch some other these other good teams. and You're like, wow, a, a four yard dump off turns into like a 25 yard gain. Oh, three, like where are those plays? And again, a little bit of design, awesome. but a lot of his players being able to make these plays after the fact. And that's something I want to see help Justin out by allowing him to be rewarded by making the easy throws instead of having to feel like he needs to push that ball down the field to put it all on his shoulders. That's what I want to see out of this unit next year. And of course, having a true wide receiver one, that defenses have to focus on more opening up other sides of the field will really help. Uh, but that's just the one area that I can see really helping the Bears right now. And if you're looking at yards after the catch per reception, the top wide receiver was Bayless at six uh, on average. Uh, then St. Brown had 4.7. Mooney is at 4.3. Pettis at 3.3. Claypool at 3.1. So, uh, again, not great uh, in terms of yards after the catch ability. Yeah, not very good at all. Uh, what about from Anthony O? Thoughts about adding... Uh, we have a couple different players here. Ethan Pachik, I'm going to go with. Probably probably butchered it. If anyone wants to correct me, please do. I hate, I don't get paid to pay, to say his name correctly yet. Maybe if he comes to the Bears, definitely. Uh, then you got Ben Powers. And then Cedric Van Praan uh, from TCU, if I remember correctly, from my scouting, kind of like uh, highlighting players to watch that National Championship game article. Uh, so that's two players in free agency, one in the draft. And then Van Pran in the second or third, which is about where I've seen him go so far. In terms of the other guys, uh, Ethan is considered like the best center right now coming out, mm-hmm. uh, which I think, hey, I'm not going to sneeze about that. Uh, Cleveland has a couple big contracts uh, on the offensive line, so they're most likely not going to be able to like afford him. Uh, so that could be someone that the Bears go. And then also Ben Powers from Baltimore uh, has been playing yeah. really good. He had an 86.5 pass blocking grade. Uh, which is the second best among all guards in the NFL this season. He allowed 
zero sacks in just one quarterback hit for the entire year. And it's like with what's going on in Baltimore, they had like multiple quarterbacks going on. You, you had yeah. Lamar going down and Huntley, and there's this quarterback carousel just due to the injuries. And just despite that, he was able to be a very stout run. Uh, I mean, sorry, pass blocker. And then I also see on PFF, uh, they call him a behemoth because he's six foot four, three thirty eight. Uh, which hey, having a behemoth up front ain't bad, but having him paired opposite of Tevin, they have Tevin, Powers, and then maybe another center in the middle, and then you go Sam Pran, which could be like depth slash. Maybe you hit on him, and then he actually earns a starting spot. Like that's not a bad plan at all for to like attack that interior of the Bears' offensive line that desperately needs an upgrade. Yeah, and I think it would be a good approach to to add a offensive lineman through free agency. Um, you want someone that can come in and just immediately be reliable again not having to kind of have that learning curve going from college to the nfl especially if you're throw, drafting a guy that's not in the top programs in in college football like if you're drafting you know big 10 linemen you're, you're going to feel pretty good about how they're going to be able to translate but you know getting a, a a veteran free agent too i think that that would help for justin fields for 2023 so i'm not opposed to you know any of the guys that were brought up but it's going to be an interesting approach of how the Bears want to do this. Because Maddie Rufus also said, too, if I remember correctly, like when you're looking to build an offensive line, it does take time. It's mm-hmm. not just kind of done immediately in one offseason. It takes time to kind of get the right guys at the right time to be gelling as a unit for you know the foreseeable future. So even though the Bears you know can have a bunch of positions that they can definitely upgrade, it's going to take some time to get that unit. And it's not to say that you can you can add it one guy and it could upgrade the line, but it's just going to take time to see it, I think, at its full potential. Absolutely agree with you there. Uh, let's go with uh, RW528 uh, because it kind of ties into what we talked about last week. So out of like the current roster, like how many roughly returned? And the reason why I wanted to bring this one up on the screen is because we went through the starting lineup last mm-hmm. last week and out of those 22 starters on offense and defense it was about half we're at around 11 i think 10 and a half 11 12 guys that we expect should and then we say should be like upgraded upon from this season so that's there plus talking about the depth guys that will probably be gone that resigned and need to come back like i think there's a chance that it's more than half uh which i think is unfortunate they have another year of like another like churn uh, per se, but at the same time, like you, you have to keep upgrading and getting better. And right now there's a uh, definitely more than a handful of guys. That I feel like the bears should move on from and will move on from. And then, you know, around half would make to me a lot of sense to keep the young core. You keep the players they feel really good about and they just add from there. Yeah, no, it's going to be like in that locker room. I know there's a lot, you know, they'll have the names above the locker, who they are, but man, after free agency in the draft and, you know, at once these contracts expire, there's going to be a bunch of new players, young, old, everything's going to be mixed up in this locker room relative. It's still going to be a young locker room for the bears, but it's, it's going to be completely different. Like we did that exercise, like you mentioned, Will, and we're like, yep, you can upgrade there, there, there. Oh yeah. And also there's like, (laughs) there, there wasn't any limit to how many uh, positions you can upgrade because given the lack of production at the position, and just still, it's a very young football team with most of these guys, a lot of them on one-year contracts or on their rookie contracts. So mm-hmm. a lot of turnover, expecting it for 2023. 
And I saw from uh, Nagy again in the chat, like, you know, name a good Poles free agency signing. No one's going to argue that last offseason, like the free agency class, like was weak. And it wasn't what the Bears need in terms of like building for their future. But at the same time, like he was frugal. He did not spend, you know, any more than he actually had to. So many, like he said, one year, small little prove it deals. And this year with all the cap space, uh, the need to have to spend, I, I, according like the NFL like rules, like I think they have to spend like a certain amount of their cap space mm-hmm. this year too, which is, I, I don't know if it's accurate, but it was like up in like the 90 millions of dollars, which is a lot of money to have to spend. Uh, they're going to have to find someone and, I expect it to be at least, you know, a handful of really good players that can come in and hopefully they play up to their contracts. So that's always like the dangerous game that you play in free agency is overpaying and hopefully just get a good return on investment. Will Jack Sanborn count as like this free agent? I mean, he's not drafted free agent, right? Yeah. So there you go. Boom. (laughs) I mean, God, we got one. (laughs) We got one. Not the ones that obviously paid a, a lot of other guys that didn't weren't very productive, but Jack Sanborn. Would you rather, Nick, be in this position, though, than, say, last year he was more aggressive in free agency and there were, say, like, half of those guys didn't pan out right away in year one and you're stuck in those contracts? Like, I'm happy with, like, where we're at from a financial freedom standpoint. And as much as I would love to see him, like, come out and, you know, swinging as a rookie GM and making some of these big, you know, shaking, earth-shattering, shaking moves – like I'm excited by like the the calculated, deliberate approach, and now this year you you have your experience. You've went through free agency before. You get to know what to expect from a different perspective, and then of course you have all the flexibility in the world to sign whoever you want that will come to Chicago. I I know it's, it takes two to tango. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think you know for me personally, I would have liked to see more of these guys be a little bit more impactful. But then you we go back to like the contracts that they sign. There's not big contracts to where you're like, Oh, Nicholas Moore is going to be a stud in this league. And no, I mean, look at the contract that they gave him. They gave him an opportunity and, you know, he had over a hundred tackles this season, which is great, but he wasn't like a, an impactful player. I think personally, I would have liked to have seen that come out of like one of these guys, but you know, if like they, if the bears had more impactful free agents, they probably win more than three games and they're not getting the number one overall pick. And I know that's obviously a big deal for this organization and for Bears fans and for what that can do trajectory-wise for what this team is building towards. So I think for me, like maybe one of these guys, like, all right, at least Ryan Poles landed this one, this guy, and you can build off of at least one position moving forward. So that's that's how I kind of view it. I think a great exercise for us here in the next couple of weeks would be recapping last year's free agency and not like just the Bears, but like going through the biggest contracts last year that were signed and did they actually pan out and work? Because I'm going through them right now, and I don't know off the top of my head some of these, but like, I mean, Christian Kirk, hey, you know, four years, 72, we were sneezing at it, but I mean, mm-hmm. he came up with some big plays in the playoffs. So I think it'd be really yeah. interesting to see, like, did how much regret would those teams have by making the big deals? And then using that as a good framework for our free agency coming up with all the money that the Bears have to spend. I think that would be a really good exercise. We have a a better one. And I, I saw Anthony too in the chat just now mentioning, you know, Larry Ogunjobi. Like that could have been money that was spent and could have been wasted because of the whole, mm-hmm. you know, physical issue at the time. And as much as I mean, we talked about it, like polls didn't want to say bye. Like he was just no. saying, oh, we'll keep the door open. We'll see how it all plays out down the road. But like that was his number one go get him guy. And that didn't work yeah. out. And I, I think that shows that 
he can put the personal like things aside to make the you know the tough business moves that need to be made uh and so i think that's just another testament to the talent and potential that he has uh, to be the right gm for this football team uh any final thoughts before we kind of sign off here nick no well um we're just gonna keep building off of what we kind of like you said looking at maybe possibly re the 2022 free agent class how it would impact but Senior bowls, every senior bowl players, impact players, draftable guys. You're going to want to tune into the CHO Bears podcast to all chcho.com to just check out all the cool content that we have in, in the framework here moving forward. So if you haven't heard of the players that we talked about today until this podcast, there's going to be plenty more. I promise you that over the next couple of weeks and once this uh, draft in April comes up. Smart money in the chat says get the likes up. Uh, I think that is a very smart comment, by the way. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Definitely give it a like if you haven't yet. I don't know the ratio right now between viewers and likes, um, but I'm certain it's not exactly where we need it to be. Nick, do you want to berate people? Is that Lawrence's job? Who berates for the likes nowadays? Do we bring in Greg from whatever he's <laughs> doing right now to like, you need to pre- smash the like button. Come on, you guys. I mean, hopefully you enjoyed the show. We're going to be here throughout the entire off season, the entire year. Let's hit that like button. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm much calmer today, so I can't uh, I can tell <laughs> people, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like 81 likes and there's almost 500 people watching. That's like one in five. Come on, people. Not even 20%. Yeah, just it's just a little tap with your mouse or your finger if you're watching on the phone. Come on, please do it. It really helps us. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. It does. We're not even a full year into this thing. We need thumbs up. We need helps. So we're just getting started here at CHGO. And honestly, I don't think anyone could be you know, more proud than all of us than what we've been able to accomplish in one year. And uh, I'm excited to see where our future takes us. It's literally a rocket ship and uh, we're going to the moon. But the extra fuel in our reserve tanks is thumbs up here on YouTube. So definitely mm-hmm. help us mm-hmm. hit that thumbs up. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Nick is starting to crack open this recipe book uh, so we can get some Goose Island recipes going, which uh, I'm excited for him to share with me. And then... Oh, yeah. uh, we'll, there, there it is. I knew it. I, I knew we'd get the honk in there one more time. But thanks, everybody, uh, for watching, not just today, but the entire week here uh, on CHGO. I know it's been a very busy one with the Kevin Warren news, which, honestly, I know it was only a few days ago, but it already feels like a couple of weeks ago. It's been a really weird it long does. week, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it honestly doesn't. What was that, Tuesday? Yeah. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. We made it to <laughs> Friday. How we started this show, we made it to Friday. There we go. I got a schizo just like Eric said he already did. Bears Bros are back. The Audible Show on CHGO. Love Let's it. Go. Thanks, everybody, again. Have a great weekend. Really appreciate each and every one of you. I'm going to probably go take a nap here after this. <laughs> I think I have like an hour for to pick up my oldest, and I think the baby may be napping, so it's going to be a perfect time for me to catch up on a little bit of sleep, and then I'm going to have a good weekend after that. But thanks again, everybody. We'll see you soon. But until then, bear down, Chicago.